This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. In a story that literally went around the world, NASCAR finally did it. Yesterday, it banned all Confederate flags from NASCAR events and properties. That infuriated some fans, but here is my editorial opinion. It's astonishing that for so long, NASCAR tolerated the flying of a flag that represents traitors to the United States of America who were willing to go to war to preserve slavery. And so, 155 years after the South was soundly defeated in the Civil War, we're no longer going to see the Confederate battle flag flying at NASCAR races. Okay, back to the news now. Ford is aiming directly at the Jeep Wrangler with the new Bronco, which comes out later this year. Ford COO Jim Farley told investors yesterday that Ford is already the number one cross-shopped brand with Jeep, And thanks to the Raptor, it has a lot of brand credibility with off-road enthusiasts. And while Ford hopes to steal sales from the Jeep Wrangler, Farley also expects the Bronco to help grow the size of the off-road segment. And speaking of Ford, it released more details of its partnership with Volkswagen. Here are some of the highlights. Ford will build a midsize pickup that VW will sell as the new Amarok. VW will build a small delivery van based on the VW Caddy that Ford will sell under its own brand name. Ford will also build a one-ton van that Volkswagen is also going to sell. All told, VW and Ford expect to collectively sell 8 million commercial vehicles over the life cycle of these products. Starting in 2023, Ford will start making electric cars in Europe based on VW's MEB platform, though Ford will design and build those EVs. Ford expects to make 600,000 of these EVs, though it did not say over what period of time. And while companies that offer ride-sharing and car-sharing are struggling or even going out of business, the shared electric scooter business is growing. Two years ago, Ford bought a scooter startup based in San Francisco named Spin, And that business is promising enough that it's now offering the service in Germany. Ford says that since the COVID pandemic broke out, it's seen an increase in ridership as people shunned mass transit and used scooters to maintain social distancing while they traveled. In February, we reported that Tesla was in talks with CATL to use its lithium iron phosphate batteries in Chinese-made Model 3s. Today, we're able to report that Tesla won approval to use those kinds of batteries. Lithium iron phosphate batteries contain no cobalt, which is one of the most expensive materials in batteries. But they're also less energy dense, which means less range, but they're significantly cheaper as well. Some say the EVs will be reduced in price by a double digit percent. So is Nikola actually going to make an electric pickup truck or not? At first, the company's founder, Trevor Milton, said that Nikola would concentrate on making semis. But now Nikola says it'll start taking pre-orders for that pickup at the end of this month. That pickup, by the way, is called the Badger. So will Nikola beat Tesla to the market with an electric pickup? 
We'll get a lot more details later today on AutoLine After Hours when our guest will be Trevor Milton. We'll go live at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, so join me and Gary Vasilash as we give you a front row seat as to what's going on at Nikola. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires. Your journey, our passion. The plug-in hybrid version of the new BMW X5 arrives in the U.S. market next month, and it's much more performance-oriented than the previous model. A 3-liter turbocharged 6-cylinder engine replaces a 2-liter turbo 4-cylinder. When combined with the electric motor, it produces 389 horsepower. That's 81 more than before, and it also makes 111 more pound-feet of torque. The X5 plug-in comes standard with an 8-speed automatic and all-wheel drive. 0 to 60 comes in 5.3 seconds. That's 1.2 seconds faster than before. Battery range doubled to 30 miles with a doubling of battery capacity from 12 kilowatt hours to 24. It can even tow up to 7,200 pounds. Moving to the inside, the X5 plug-in comes standard with the latest generation of BMW's iDrive and two 12.3-inch display screens. That SUV is made at BMW's U.S. plant in South Carolina. It goes on sale in July with a starting price of over $66,000, including destination charges. And in other BMW Group news, Mini revealed a number of product updates for the U.S. market. The good news for fans of the hashtag Save the Manuals movement is that Mini is actually reintroducing a manual transmission for some Cooper hardtop and convertible models, as well as the Clubman. Staying with the Clubman for a moment, it also gets a new John Cooper Works model with a 301 horsepower engine, and the signature trim now comes with a 6.5-inch touchscreen. Let's move over to Mini's most popular model in the U.S., the Countryman, which actually accounts for 40% of Mini sales in the U.S. The grille is newly designed. LED headlights and fog lights are now standard. The rear taillights feature a union jack design, and there's new body finishes. The instrument panel gets a new look as well, and an 8.8-inch touchscreen is standard. Lastly, Mini lowered the price on eight of its models by $1,000, in the hopes of making its vehicles more accessible to customers. Volkswagen has faced criticism for delays related to the introduction of its ID3 electric car, but it looks like those delays are behind it. Volkswagen said first edition versions of the EV go on sale in Germany next week with a starting price under 40,000 euros. And it just so happens that earlier this month, Germany doubled incentives for EVs that cost less than 40,000 euros. That means buyers of the ID3 will be eligible for up to 9,000 euros in subsidies. Deliveries of the ID3 are expected to start in September. The $50 billion merger between FCA and PSA hit a snag over antitrust concerns. Regulators in the European Union are worried that they're going to have a dominant position in the small van segment. The automakers had until yesterday to make concessions in the deal, but they didn't do it. That automatically triggered a four-month-long investigation by the European Commission. The EU was going to decide whether to clear the deal later this month, but that will now be delayed by this new investigation. The companies declined to comment, but sources told Reuters 
they're not worried about the investigation. And they say it's not going to delay the merger, which they expect to finalize in the first quarter of next year. While passenger car sales in the U.S. are way down, they were better than expected in May. But Wards reports that medium and heavy-duty trucks really took it on the chin last month with a nearly 50% drop in sales. And it's now the eighth month in a row that those sales have fallen. Class 8 semi-trucks were down over 60%. The other classes all recorded big drops as well, except Class 4, which was only down 2%. Through the first five months of the year, medium and heavy-duty truck sales are down about 30% compared to last year. And, you know, we thought sales of big trucks would fare better during the lockdown since truck traffic held up strongly with all the deliveries that were being made. But apparently, that was not the case. And that's it for today's show. Thanks for watching, and please join us again tomorrow.